Welcome back to the Mikado, our long-form series for Talking League. Talking League is proudly brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy, be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. Well, folks, Magic Round is in the books for another year, and it was the first Magic Round where Talking League hosted a live podcast at Lefty's Music Hall. A big shout-out to all the listeners that came and said hello and attended the show, and, of course, a big thank you to Lefty's for hosting us, and, of course, to Game Day Squad for helping make the event possible. In this edition of the Mikado, Tenterhooks will be going back through the first 10 rounds, specifically looking at the hooker position. But before we get into that, just a bit of disclosure in relation to when this has been recorded is on Monday evening, just over 24 hours after the Titans beat the Eels. And as you can probably tell, the voice is a little bit worse for wear. In all honesty, it hasn't been the same since the ninth minute in the Canberra Bulldogs game, when I went absolutely ballistic after Reed Marty kicked a 40-20. And I haven't seen the charge sheet yet, but rumour is the judiciary is going to be hitting me with a stage 4 carry-on charge, which is probably fair enough, as anyone who was at Suncorp on Friday night probably saw some idiot in South Gear blowing a kiss on the big screen. That, of course, was me. But, in fairness, I had plenty to celebrate in that round, with my fantasy team actually going all right for once. A score of 1,033, Saw my rank half to just outside the top 3k and my team value increasing by just over 300k. Most of that was down to pulling the trigger on Cameron Murray to Dylan Brown, causing a 104k swing in just one week. With three Dolphins in my squad before trades, round 11 could be a round where I just have to take my medicine and hope it's not too bad. And that might be the same for a lot of coaches that own a lot of high quality Dolphins assets. There's nothing wrong with holding them and just playing 17 players this week. There's no point wasting trades on Assets that are going to be hugely important across the buys. But back to the hooking position, which has been an absolute minefield for coaches in 2023. We've had just one hooker average over 60 thus far, and only 50 or higher been achieved by just five hookers. On the points aggregate scale, there's only one hooker in the top 10 scorers after 10 rounds. And when we have a look at team values, it's also pretty brutal. Just three of the top 10 aggregate scorers in the hooking position sit above their starting price. So why has the hooking position been so difficult this year? Well, we pretty much only have six teams in the Storm, Cowboys, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, Dolphins and Sharks that roll with anything close to an 80-minute hooker, which cuts down our options a fair bit. Not only that, but we also weren't really blessed with a lot of good cheap hookers at the start of the season that had any semblance of job security. It left us with six main options in the hooking position that we're going to cover in this article. I'm going to start with the best of the bunch, Harry Grant, who's clearly been the best hooker in the first 10 rounds, top scoring to this point despite having a buy in round 9 and only playing 9 of the first 10 games. In the pre-season here at Talking League, we expressed confidence in Grant being the best option to start with, given he was 88k cheaper than Cook, and it so has turned out, that was the way to go. Naturally, for a great runner, you would assume that an uplift from his 61 average in games in 2022, where he played 60 minutes or more, up to 62.9, would be from an increase in attacking stats, but the opposite is in fact the case. In the written version of the article, you'll see some tables where I break down the pure base points and the direct attacking points for four of the hookers that we discuss in this article. Of course, if you want to read any articles from Talking League, head to talkingleaguepod.com forward slash articles. So in the table in the article, you can see that when it comes to direct attacking stats, which is meters gained, tries, try assist, line breaks, 
he's lost 5.5 points compared to 2022. But when we have a look at his pure base, which is his net tackles, so tackles minus missed tackles and kick meters, he's actually had an uplift of 6.2 points compared to 2022. His average is also further elevated by the fact he's had better returns on turnovers, 40-20s and 4 dropouts. But what we've seen over the past two years from Grant is, is when he can stay fit, he can thrive regardless of how the Storm are faring. Currently in 2023, the Storm are 5-4 heading into round 11, whereas last year they were 8-2. What this means for fantasy coaches is, is that if Grant remains fit, he will be a must-have down the stretch as the Storm complete their buys in round 19, and we of course unlock 8 trades from round 20, meaning it should be very, very easy to get him in. Coaches may potentially choose to hold him, as there's 25% who currently own him, if they can pair him up with a Robson who has a nice buy coverage to back up Grant. We're going to move on to Damien Cook. So Damien Cook entered the season as the most expensive hooker and the third most expensive player in NRL Fantasy. He hasn't been that poor this year. He's averaging 54.9. The problem is, though, is that he started at 945,000 and now is currently 732,000 a decrease of 213000 on his starting price. There's only two players that have a worse price change result thus far, one being a minutes-deprived Joe Gary at the Tigers, and the other being Josh Hodgson, who's coming back from an ACL injury. Souths are boasting a 7-3 seven th- record in 2023 compared to 5-5 five five in 2022, so it assumed that aggression would be down to the former beach sprinter dropping his pure base. In the article, you can see that it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Naturally, the pure base is down as a more successful side usually requires less defensive work rate than a team that isn't winning games as they have better completion and possession stats. What has fallen off for Cook as well is his attacking stats, which for the most part would be attributed to a change in playing style by the Bunnies. And the key factor in this is a player that we've already spoken about earlier in Cameron Murray, of course, owners of Murray would be incredibly frustrated, especially if they held him into round 10 where he lost 60k. But what Coach Dimitri has got Murray doing this year is just distributing the ball more often from first receiver than engaging contact line. This has two impacts for Cook. The first one is he has less quick play the balls behind Murray that enable him to scoot from dummy half and net some attacking points from tackle busts, line breaks, line break assists and try assists. Not only that, by Murray taking the ball into the defensive line and then spreading it wide, it opens up lines, or so I should say, holes in the defensive line wider out, where the key attacking assets of Ilias, Walker and Mitchell can receive the ball in more space and either go themselves or create for others outside them. Cody Walker is the main beneficiary of this in 2023. He's had huge uplifts in tries, tri-assists and line-break assists on a weekly basis. With the change in attack from the Cardinal and Merton, Cook is a must-sell in round 13, or potentially earlier, and an avoid down the stretch considering South have a buy in round 26. We'll move on to another player that's also lost quite a fair bit of cash in Reese Robson. At this point, Reese Robson sits at 702k, having lost 81k of his starting price of 783,000. He's currently averaging 54.4 and is owned by 8.95% of coaches. At the start of the season here at Talking League, we reckon him, recommended him as the second best pickup from the gun range of hookers in preseason. 
which wasn't an opinion just held by the biased Cowboys fans at Talking League or the biased Robsons. The Cowboys came into 2023 off the back of an unexpected third place finish in 2022, but unfortunately haven't been able to back it up in 2023. In spite of this, Reese has delivered the goods from a fantasy perspective with that 54.4 average, which is only a little bit under his 60-minute games in 2022, where he averaged 57.1 when he played 60 minutes or more. In the article, you can see when it comes to his base stats, he's pretty much more or less the same, only a slight drop-off in his net tackles. He has increased his kick meters. He had zero kick meters in 2022. He's up to 5.5 meters per game, which may not seem significant, but it means he is putting those grubbers in close to the line, which will lead to more force dropouts and hopefully more triassists of players like Scott Drake Mortar can ground the ball uh, when it falls in front of them. As mentioned in that table there, his pure base stats have remained consistent with only a small drop-off in attacking stats which you would expect to see in an underperforming team that has struggled to deal with off-season departures and absences through injury and suspension. With the base stats remaining consistent, as well as his auxiliary stats, such as turnovers, offloads, errors, and penalties conceded, Reese has a very reliable fantasy output that can be banked on for the rest of the season. For those yet to acquire a hooker for round 13, Robson is an absolute bargain at 702k and provides excellent buy coverage and solid scoring. And that's the reason why he was my buy of the week on last week's Wacky Wednesday. Moving forward to the fourth hooker in this edition of the Mercado, and we're talking about Jerry Marshall King. So Marshall King at the moment is the lowest in ownership of the six options here at 4.24%. He started the season at 677,000. He's now moved himself up to 714k, so a slight gain of 37k. He's only played eight games. Of course, he was suspended for two games after a hip drop in round two. But in spite of that, he's still averaging 53.6. When it comes to Marshall King, he's played every single minute since he returned from suspension and has averaged 54.6 in that time. And with the way that the rolling averages are working at the moment, he's probably going to end up being the second most expensive hooker come round 12 unless Damien Cook has an absolute stormer. Whilst the analysis that we went through for the first three plays in Grant, Cook and Robson was more quantitative, for James Kate it's a little bit more qualitative. He's moved to a club that's winning more games, and more importantly, giving him more game time. So in 2022, he only averaged 70.4 minutes. And in a team that's performing better, he gets more opportunities to run the ball, which is where he can net huge attacking stats. We saw a bit of that on the weekend, when he caught Ken McInnes slipping at marker, cut through him, offloaded when he got to Kennedy to put Isaiah Katoa over for his first try of his NRL career. With JMK, uh, full disclosure, I am a current owner of him, but anyone who's potentially looking at him, you would only go for him if you had a hooker that plays 16, like the player that we're about to speak about shortly, and would blend in very nicely with your buy planning. However, for most coaches who don't own Robson or JMK just yet, you would be going for Robson because he is cheaper and, of course, plays in round 11 and his round 15 buy is much more manageable than JMK's buy in 16. As a result, JMK will probably remain a pod for the rest of the season, so I could see some coaches going with him just for a point of difference. Now, we're going to move on to a very controversial player, shall we say, in relation to fantasy, 
uh, here at Talking League. I'm talking about Reed Marnie, or as, or as we know him, Cardboard Shoulders. Like JMK, Reed Marnie is another player that changed clubs in 2023. But looking at his stats, 10.73% of coaches are pulling their hair out every week while they own him. He started the year at 659k. He's currently 652k, so a regression of 7k. He's played all 10 games and averaging exactly 50. He scored 500 points this year. For most coaches, when it comes to cardboard shoulders, it's one, once bitten, twice shy. The main reason for this is he had quite a fair bit of regression in 2022 compared to his 2021 output. The first point where he dropped off was his missed tackle count, which increased from 1.8 per game in 2021 to 3.3 in 2022. He also had a drop in try assists, turnovers and offloads. But he's bounced back in 2023, averaging higher than he did in 2022. So does that mean the cardboard has turned to concrete? Well, not quite. Money is making more tackles in 2023, but he's also missing more. He's actually up to five missed tackles per game in 2023. But of course, in the article, you'll see there the table with his pure base stats, including kick meters, and that's the main hint to why he's improved his scoring output in 2023. He's gone from 45.2 kick meters per game all the way up to 120.9. But those kick meters have actually been quite effective as he leads the league in 40-20s. Not only that, he's also improved his turnovers and offloads back up to his 2021 output. So lots of good work happening in the stats outside his tackles. But despite all of that, he's working overtime to average 50. And as a result, he's not someone I could recommend with confidence. I do personally own him. But I'm going to hold him until round 17, and I'll probably move him on at that point, because at the moment, James Kane and Marnie actually interact quite well across the first few major buys. We're going to move on to the final hooker in this edition of the Mercado, and we're talking about an out-of-position player in Tanner Boyd. Tanner comes in hot to this article with a five-round average of 56.6. Boyd looked a must-sell after Toby Sexton came in in round six, and hijack the kick meters, only to break his hand and then see Q and Fawn return to the fold not so long after that. Unlike the above players, there's probably not a lot of analysis required when it comes to a goal-kicking kick meter machine halfback. He averaged a 48.2 at halfback in 2022, and he averages 48.9 in 2023, which indicates a sustainable production provided Fawn stays fit, which, as we know, has been a challenge whenever the former Seagull has left the northern beaches. And that wraps up the analysis of the main protagonist in the hawker position for 2023 thus far. As previously advertised, I'll be looking to publish the first edition of the Mikado Mailbag in the coming weeks. In this first edition of the Mikado Mailbag, I'll be looking at the technical aspects slash rules of NRL Fantasy. So if you've got questions around break-evens, rolling averages, how they award DPPs, tackle busts, or anything relating to the rules... Get your question in to the DMs on Talkie League on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I'll be sure to answer them when I publish the article. But until then, you'll be able to catch me on Wednesdays as the host Wacky Wednesday for the next two editions. And of course, if you're listening to this before Tuesday night, be sure to join the boys for the main pod on Tuesday. I'll be back on Wacky Wednesday and, of course, the live Q&A before Sunday with the Kiwis. But until then, all the best with your trades before round 11, and we'll catch you in the next one.